BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to our very first Bears Talk podcast here. Courtesy of your folks here at Comcast Sportsnet. We use it to uh, supplement some of our pre- and post-game coverage on Sundays as we reflect back on this week, week one of the 2016 regular season. I'm Chris Bowden, your host for the pre- and post-game coverage as well as all our Bears programming during the week. Pleased to be joined, first of all, by the former quarterback, Jim Miller. He has himself a Super Bowl ring and uh, joins us here as uh, one of our voices this week. Jimmy, welcome. Uh, how are you doing? It's been a long weekend for you here in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, it really has. So, obviously, Northwestern yesterday, the, <laughs> the Bears today. So, Illinois State, and, who would have thought? Yeah, you know? and, and Owen, too, though. Yeah. Owen, too, on your on your broadcast uh, reel here yeah, for this but, weekend. So. Hey, it's our first podcast. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it all season long. Also joining us, it's hard to believe it's been 10 years since... Alex Brown and company went down to Florida Thanks. and played in the Super Bowl this close. But that yeah. number 18 got in the way. Uh, Alex, uh, thanks as you join our pre- and post-game coverage crew and uh, join us here on the podcast. Thanks, thanks for coming man. Up. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited. I'm yes. excited. So here should be a lot of fun. You two guys, hey, being able to work with you guys again, this is awesome. And he's got a smile on his face. This is Gators won big yesterday right. against, right, uh, against Kentucky as well. So let's uh, – Let's uh, get right to the chase here. 23-14, mm-hmm. our final in Houston on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, Jim and Alex, after a very positive uh, first half in which, you know, they took a ton of momentum into halftime with that three-play 76-yard drive capped off by the touchdown pass to Eddie Royal. Great opportunity to start out the second half, but uh, that's when the snowball started rolling down the hill the other way. It, it really did because, and I, I you know, I'm not going to blame it all on young players, but we know that there were problematic areas for the Bears. Well, obviously, when they came out the second half, second and five, it's the first series of the second half, play action pass, and really you had a young receiver in Kevin White. I know he's in year two, but it's mm-hmm. the first time he's been on the field. And he, he, he was in his first indecisive moment. He breaks. He acts like he's going to go to the outside. Jay Cutler throws it there because once you make a decision, you need to stick with with uh, with uh, your plan and go with that decision that you make. And then Alshon, or excuse me, Kevin White had doubts, started to cut inside because he saw the defensive back react, and then leads to the big turnover and uh, an early score in the second half by uh, by Houston. So and then at later as the. As the second half was unfolding, a young Cody Whitehair who's starting at center. He's a rookie center for the Bears. He, at times, got exposed because they would put J.J. Watt to the outside. Bears did a good job chip blocking him, using uh, the offensive tackles on him. Then Romeo Cornell, the defensive coordinator at Houston, started to run a lot of games on Cody Whitehair. It's a rookie center. It's his first time starting at K-State. He was basically a tackle and a guard. Center is the only position he didn't play. So really the ability to com- to uh, communicate with Josh Sitton, his new left guard, and obviously his Pro Bowl right guard and, and uh, Kyle Long, you got to be able to cum- uh, communicate that, hey, we're passing it off. Normally you'll get the feel of the defensive tackle that, Either by their alignment and the outside or the other tackle normally cheats off the line so they can run the stunt and you normally can pick up those tips. And I just think I guarantee you Cody White here mm-hmm. at K State 
didn't see the type of stunts that he saw today. No. And that's why he had a hard that time picking him up the second half. That case uh, Cody, Cody no, by the way, here's here. Vince Wolfer. Sure. Introduce yourself. What about uh, – now, going, going back to that, Jim, I mean, you you talk about uh, about Kevin White. And, yeah, he he's indecisive. Yeah. Most of the time you see you see a player like that, you see a play like that, you tend to see them go back to them to make sure their confidence is still there. They didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. We went a long time without seeing Kevin White, and that kind of bothered me a little bit because if that would have been Hopkins that had made that indecisive, indecisive, uh, decisive move or he had fumbled or something well, or running back. Well, think or about Alshon. Houston. Think right. about Houston. Will Fuller drops right. a, a post route for a touchdown. Thank you. They came right back to him. Yes. They were dropping on him. Because why why not go back to him? Why not keep that kid involved? And that's, that's the thing. Now, what, what I don't want to see is him – fall into the tank because hell something else is going to go wrong eventually right. came back and I don't want him to go a bit later yeah, yeah that, was boy, that was way late that was way was late in the game of, though so I mean I would have I would have liked to see them come back right back to him like hey we need to keep you in this ball game hey stay up we need you because they That's do point. we really do need him to play well yeah, and uh, after you know the defense did hang in there after that pick Mm-hmm. It set up a field goal uh, that got Houston within 24, 14-13, thir- I should say. And then the defense had, had two stops on the next two series, just hanging on there, yep. hanging on to dear life. Um, but the Houston, Houston defense started setting a tone. And Jim touched on this, Alex, and we touched on it a little bit in the postgame show. Uh, once you sense that you have a team back on its heel from an attacking mm-hmm. standpoint, you were in this situation a lot during your yep. days with Lance and Brian and Peanut and all those guys. It's like blood in the water, isn't it? It is. It's like blood in the water. I mean, you, you, it's time to go get them, mm-hmm. especially when you know they have to throw the ball. When when they have that option of running and throwing, I, when you're going into a football game, what we're thinking is we got to take away one. We can't let them do both. So if we take away the run and then we put them in passing situations, what well, makes it a lot easier on us as pass rushers, as defensive linemen? We can get after the quarterback. When you're in a 3-4 scheme, the linebackers are your, your pass rush guys. But – when you sense that blood in the water, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, and they know it. They know it. They know it, too, because they know we're coming. Yeah. The thing that infuriated me a little bit, the, and I know it's just another problem area, the Bears, they're young in their secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, here early in the first half, Houston really had their way running the football. Lamar Miller was 5.5 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Bears came out the second half, did a better job at stopping the run, but Bill O'Brien was going with the play-action pass, and Porter was doing yeoman's work on DeAndre Hopkins. But once uh, Jacoby Glenn, uh, who's a young corner for the Bears, and then he got injured and, and DeAndre Hall had to come in, now those two had to contend with the speed of Will Fuller. And now it's my talent on your talent. And yep. Will Fuller's just physically faster than those guys. Yeah. It was a good learning experience, but that, those are problem areas that the Bears have to get better at. I think, it's a, I think their front seven is going to be great when it's all said and done, but the back end of their secondary has to grow up quickly. On, on that one, on the uh, Fuller's touchdown catch. Yeah. That was a that's an effort play. We talk about screens. We talk about running down plays, draw plays. These are effort plays by the defensive line. We see Sam Acho come out of uh, he come out of the uh, out of the group running. He gets I, I thought he got clipped a little bit in the back of that back of that shoulder, but he knocks another guy down. Now Fuller has that lane to the um, to the end zone. But those are hustle plays. You have to hustle when you see screen passes. But when we're talking about uh, Fuller getting down the field. 
Now, this is something totally well, different. We you, need to get Chris on the quarterback. Good point, because it's a wide receiver screen. Even the outside corners have to fight through the block. Yes. Mm -hmm. they got to fight through the block yeah. and, and blow up the, the receiver. Because that play yeah. is thrown behind the line of scrimmage, essentially. And you see those receivers right mm -hmm. away. They're coming off trying to block the Bears' defensive backs. And then, as, as what Alex is playing, now the whole interior D-line and linebackers are flowing yep. to get over there. But those... Those corners out there have to be able to fight through. Yeah, the DB's uh, Kyle Fuller inactive for the game. He's under four weeks from arthroscopic surgery. Yeah. Seemed like he was close in the week because he was he was out there practicing. So we may see him a week from uh, from Monday against Philadelphia. Dion Bush, the fourth round safety, also an inactive, and he was dealing with I believe some hamstring issues himself uh, throughout the course of the week. Uh, We've got about a minute here. What do we take positively, though, out of this thing? Uh, because it's only week one. You know, we have the reputation of the, the John Fox second-year bump, and Alex himself said second year under Lovey, they started one and three, and then they found a way to take off. What did you take positively out of this loss? I, I thought they ha they are more talented. You can see that the Bears are physically more talented, and at times were winning the one-on-one, specifically the second half, how they got to, to Brock Osweiler. I think it's just going to take time in the secondary to catch up with the front seven. Once that front seven on defense starts getting more pressure, they started to get some of the second half that I mentioned, then that secondary will have more opportunities and will give them uh, room to grow. Offensively, I, I, offense is going to take longer because that offensive line still is not settled, and you don't know when the light bulb is going to go off for Kevin White. He is going to be a constant work in progress, and, and God forbid if Elshon were to get hurt because then the workload would yeah. really be put on him. Absolutely. So it's, it's imperative, like, like what Alex said, get him going more. Give him some footballs. Get him the feeling so he's excited and, yep. you know, he, he wants to be the man, and that's how you're going to make him be the man because if Alshon goes down, He'll have to be the man. Alex, inside I mean, linebackers earned their pay. What else do you, what else yeah, did you did. like? Yeah, they did. Inside linebackers really did earn They earned their paychecks this week. But uh, on the offensive side, I mean, it's the adjustments. I'm going to go both ways. Uh, I want to see the offense adjust. And when they go in with momentum like they did this game, I want to see them come out and continue to build on that momentum. You look at that defense, and you're, you got their running back uh, and Lamar Miller. He goes for 15 carries, 84 yards. First and half. you come out in that second half, and you shut him slap down. I'm talking 13 carries for about 22 yards. Mm -hmm. Like, you shut him down. Now you've made them one-dimensional. I like that. I like being able to adjust at halftime and come out and put it down and let's go. Let's go to work. The last thing I want to say is you can't ignore the effort. Trevathan and what Freeman brought. Freeman had mm -hmm. 17 tackles. Yeah. The effort Floyd gets his first sack. There, yep. there are positive signs here now. It's a little Absolutely. different than we saw at inside linebacker a yeah. year ago. So yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> those guys help yeah. out a lot. Uh, Alex and Jim and I are going to take a brief time out. We'll be back a little bit later on here in our Bears Talk podcast to look ahead to the matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles a week from tonight. But uh, when we come back uh, next up, it'll be Mark Chanowski visiting with former Bears coach Dave Wanstead get some of his thoughts on the 23-14 loss to Houston. Mark Shanowski here with former Bears head coach Dave Wanstead. John Fox will see some good things and some obvious areas the Bears need to work on when he pours over the tape from Sunday's loss in Houston. Let's start with the offensive line. They gave up five sacks, four of those coming in the second half when Romeo Cornell ran a lot of stunts. Now that interior of the offensive line, you got the rookie Cody Whitehair at center. Josh Sitton just signed with the Bears. Kyle Long at the guards. How long is it going to take for them to develop chemistry and communication where they can pick up those tackle twists? Well, you know, it could take as, as much of a couple weeks. You, know, mm -hmm. you hate to say that, but keep in mind, it's center. You know, you, you, you got a, a player starting at center, remember, he's a rookie, and when college, he was a guard. He wasn't yeah. even a center. So not only is he uh, a new player in the league, 
trying to work with veteran guys, but he's yeah. also playing a different position. I mean, and, you know, then you get a guy that shows up the week of the game, you know, it's, uh, it, and then the other one's been banged up and hurt, how long? So it's, it's not easy. It'll take a couple weeks. Yeah, people always talk like it's no big deal. He can move from guard to center. You're center, you're snapping the ball. You got to make sure, first of all, that's clean. And then you got a guy like Vince Wilfork, oh. weighs about 350 or so right over your nose. Just terminology. I was, yeah. On the sack that, that we talked about, you know, that happened in the game on uh, last week, you know, it was the pick play, and there's got to be words of communication. Sure. The minute the ball snapped, those guys are talking to each other. Yep. They're either going to pass it, they're going to pick it up, man. Who knows what was said? On the defensive side of the ball against the Texans, Houston converts 12 of 20 on third down, which is way too high. Texans dominate time of possession, something like 36 minutes to 24. How can they rectify that situation? Run the ball. I mean, run the ball on offense, you know, mm -hmm. which obviously helps your defense and helps you win that possession time. And then, obviously, you know, th this is something that, that the – that the Bears really, I hate to say this, but some of the things that show up in preseason, you know, carry over to the season. And their offensive third nine conversions were not great in the preseason. We're seeing a little bit of it right now. But at 30%, which they converted against Houston, I mean, you know, that's, you got to be 35 to 40% to be in the middle of the league. 30% will put you down at the bottom. There were a lot of good things on the defensive side. The secondary held up better than we expected. Tracy Porter had the nice interception, which set up the Bears' first score. And top draft pick Leonard Floyd came out of Georgia. Yeah. Who knows what he weighs? 235, 240, 245, but he's light to play that outside linebacker or rush end. He was pretty good. He combined for a sack in that game, and he also got more snaps than we expected. How much of an impact can Leonard Floyd have as a rookie? Well, I think he'll just get better and better every week. You know, And to play great defense, particularly young players, mm -hmm. if they know what to do and they give phenomenal effort, they're going to make plays for you. That's what I've always believed. And, and when you watch his effort out there, I mean, he's going to chase the football, and he's going to learn the techniques as he, as he grows and gets older. So I think he'll just get better, better, and better each week. Put your coaching hat back on. If you were D coordinator of the Bears and you had a guy, a raw athlete like Leonard Floyd, who you know was a little bit light, how would you use him? I'd use him just like that. I, I probably wouldn't have him dropping much into coverage because mm -hmm. I would, I would want to get him as many practice reps as possibly, as I possibly could doing one thing. You know, let's get really good at this. And it's going to be rushing the passers, so I'd keep him down there with the pass rushers, and I'd let him get as many possible reps in practice against our own guys as you could. Leave him there. The, hey, know what to do, right? Eliminate mm -hmm. all the other stuff and play hard. He'll do those things. He'll make plays. And speaking of knowing what to do, the first-round pick from a year previous, Kevin White, who didn't yeah. play at all last season, caught a few passes, but he made the critical mistake early in the second half. He ended a route early and led to an interception and three points. Yeah, I, I really like Kevin, you know, and, and I had a good talk this summer with his, with his college coach, Dana Hogerson, down there at West Virginia about Kevin. And, uh, you know, he, again, just because he was here last year, let me say this, everybody assumes, oh, he's not a rookie. He was here last year. Well, he was here last year. Half the time, you know, you're not traveling with the team. You're missing meetings. You've got to go see a doctor. Yeah. So, so you're, you're getting probably half of it, and there's nothing like doing it. You know, we can sit there and read all the books we want. Hey, go out and do it once yourself, and then all of a sudden the light goes on. So, you know, he's not a veteran player. I'm looking at him as a rookie. He'll, he'll get better every week after week after week. 
The receiver on the other side, Alshon Jeffrey, caught four passes for 105 yards in the first half and then no catches in the second half. He also had a key drop. Will teams be rolling up the coverage on Jeffrey because they're not worried about White on the other I side? I would. I would. And, you know, Romeo Cromwell, the defensive coordinator for, for Houston, you know, was an old Belichick, you know, assistant coach, and that's what they're going to do. The minute that they figure out, if they don't have a plan going into the game, the minute that they figure out, you're the guy that has a chance to beat us. They're going to double you. They're going to eliminate you until the other guy makes some plays. So, Kevin White, get ready. You're going to get some <laughs> opportunities this week, and Jay's got to have confidence in you to throw you the football. Jeffrey is kind of an enigma. He had a lot of soft tissue injuries, missed seven games. He played in the preseason, and I thought he showed some character there by gutting it out in games that really weren't that important. What do you think it's going to take to really to get through to Jeffrey and get him to the level he should be with those physical tools? Well, I don't know if those things will ever change. I think that's, you know, his personality is his personality. You know, and some guys uh, I've coached, you know, in four years, a lot of different personalities, a lot of different guys. I mean, as long as he shows up like he did today, the yeah. way he started the game, uh, we should love it because he's going to make plays and he's going to help the Bears win a lot of games. So he just got to make sure that he keeps his mind clear and goes out there ready to play every week, and, and, and he'll, he'll win games for the Bears. Well, coming up next Monday night, the Bears host Philadelphia. It's the home opener at Soldier Field. The Eagles rookie quarterback Carson Wentz, very good in his NFL debut. Unbelievable. 22 for 37, 278 yards and two touchdowns. Again, put on your coaching hat. How do you rattle a young quarterback? <laughs> well, I've always believed this. You know, you cover against the old veteran guys and the great ones and you pressure the young ones. I would pressure this guy and contain him. Don't let him run, but I would pressure him and make him throw the ball on time. And he did do all that damage against the Cleveland Browns, who looked to be one of the weaker teams in the NFL, no question about it. Hey, Coach, we're going to be glad to have you Thursday. It's the premiere of The Hard Count with Brian Erlacher. Brian's going to be working with us this year. I know he, you didn't coach him when he was with the Bears, but what are your memories of, of Brian Erlacher? I, I remember we were evaluating when he, before he came out of college. Uh, and in fact, I was at the Dolphins when he came out, when the Bears drafted him. You know, he was a safety, and obviously, and we, the Bears moved him to linebacker. I thought he'd be a fullback. Okay? <laughs> I liked his hands. I said, put him on offense. Well, so. he played safety at New Mexico. I think he played a little tight end as well, and now he's going to the Hall of Fame as one of the premier middle linebackers of all time. It's the hard count with Brian Erlacher. That's coming up Thursday at 1030 here on CSN Chicago. Coach, thank you very much. We'll see you then. Sounds good. Thank you, Mark. Let's throw it back to Chris Bowden and the Post Game Live crew. Thanks to Mark Janowski and Dave Wonset for weighing in on the Bears' loss to the Houston Texans. And now, yeah, they got to go through film and everything like that, and hopefully they take a step forward because uh, a week from tonight, it's the Philadelphia Eagles in the home opener, Monday night football. And uh, Jim... Life's a little different in Philadelphia these days compared to what it had been the three previous years. Man, it was a soap opera with, with Chip Kelly there. And now the guy who was formerly in power that Kelly kind of bumped out and Howie Roseman, he's back and uh, he's definitely taking the reins over on this thing. Two teams that don't even have designated GMs. <laughs> when you think about it, I mean, they have all these titles and neither Howie Roseman yep. or Sashi Brown have titles. But end of the day, they make the decision to go with the young quarterback who they traded up to get in, in Carson Wentz. And by the way, they win 29-10 to 10 in, uh, against Cleveland at home in their yeah. uh, regular season. Doesn't that kind of make Cleveland Browns fans happy that passed up Carson Wentz? That's got to make them. They still don't have a solution at their quarterback spot. But uh, Vic Fangio, Bears defense coordinator, has to find a way to rattle 
a rookie quarterback. I, the Bears' defense is better than the Cleveland Browns. They've basically gutted that football team. It's been a fire sale. The Bears can provide more pressure, and they can build upon a couple sacks they got against Brock, Brock Osweiler in the Houston Texans. I think they, when you look at Philadelphia defensively, I think Jim Schwartz is a very underrated defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Oh, yeah. May and, not be uh, able to be head coach. Yeah. But <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Might not be. Pile up those flags. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they, and he has a good group of talent to work with. Fletcher Cox, like uh, uh, their linebacking core and what they can do because they can fly around. I think Brandon Graham provides a lot of pressure from their, their D-line also. And, you know, he brought in Nigel Bradham, a guy, a linebacker who knows his defense from Buffalo. So I love their front seven. But I think here's another team, much like the Bears, are a little bit weak at, at corner. They signed uh, players back to long-term contracts in terms of the secondary. I think those players are, are excellent. But corner is probably the weakness that I think the Bears can expose with Kevin White and, and all Sean Jeffrey. The key is you need the protection on the interior. So mm-hmm. defense, uh, the offense has to be on point in terms of pass protection for the Bears. And then getting after a young Carson Wentz, I think, has to be the formula for yeah, victory. I mean, you, you mentioned uh, Fletcher Cox. Let's not forget about Connor Baldwin. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, he, shoot, two years ago, he was 14 and a half sacks. I mean, this guy, he can get after the quarterback. Right. He had one uh, He had one Sunday. So he's, I mean, he, he's a guy that'll get it going. So we got to make sure we watch that guy. I mean, Connor Baldwin, he can get after it. So, yeah. and then, they they made Cleveland, they couldn't get off the field. I mean, well, they did get off the field. Cleveland was two for ten, third down. They only ran 50 plays. So we're not going to get many plays. I mean, this is a, I think this is a pretty good defense, a pretty yeah. active defense, I should say. But they do struggle in the secondary, like you mentioned earlier. So. Safeties are good, but Nolan, I think Nolan Carroll's just a guy yeah. in the corner. Mm-hmm. And they brought mm-hmm. over Leotis McKelvin because yeah. he knows. Malcolm uh, Jenkins has kind of found a next level since oh, moving over from New Orleans. He's a yeah. yeah, and you mentioned uh, uh, Connor Barwin. He has 26 sacks over the last two seasons in Cox. Uh, in June, he signed a six-year, $102 million contract worth $63 million guaranteed. I guess Schwartz is moving him from um, a 3-4 end to a 4-3 defensive tackle. Uh, close off the running lanes. Uh, he is the man right Speed. there. And mm-hmm. when you're well, talking about the wide nine, too, just yeah. kind of ex- explain without the, the visual yeah. aid, too. Jim yeah. Schwartz wants to get to the quarterback with four guys. He doesn't want to blitz, okay? That's that's not who he is. So that's another yep. thing going for the Bears because of, of the young Cody Whitehair. They will not see a lot of blitz versus Philadelphia. But wide nine, you're just extending those defensive ends. Imagine in a no- normal 4-3, those defensive ends line just outside the tackles. He'll widen them out just a little bit more. So they're about, you know, maybe a yard to two yards outside the end man on the line of scrimmage on offense just to create that angle and a better pass rush. And then you got to have that good interior push of your defensive tackles. What he did in Detroit when he had yeah. Sue and those guys. Sue, Cal Vandenbosch, mm-hmm. you think of those. He'll do a couple of twist games here and there, but it's typically he's not a big blitz guy. It's just the front four, and that's who the Bears this will line again. I mean, this could work out really well for the Bears, or it could be really bad. I mean, today we saw. We saw both of our tackles, Massey, yeah. and you saw Leno get beat on the edge. Yeah. You saw both of them get beat on the edge, whether it was getting a sack or hitting Jay. But with those guys, you got sitting, you have white hair, and you got long. That's that pocket. Now, when I played down at, Saint, uh, at the Saints, Drew would always have that long drop back. But then he'd step up into that pocket, let those, yeah. those fast guys go by, and then he'd deliver that football. Now, if we can do that, that's the way. But in the center of that, he has to have a clean pocket. You got to be right. Jay has to be able to step up. If he can step up, the guys will get open because of that weak secondary. They can they'll get open and Jay will deliver the football. So, but if if we can't run those guys by on that edge, they're going to be humming all day. That is what we did here at the Bears. We we rushed four. 
That's it. We don't. If we blitz, I was upset because that was a slap in my face. Coach telling me I can't get there. Yeah. You telling me I can't get there? Yeah. We don't need to blitz. Yeah, and so, you've, uh, you've been on the field, special teams wise. You've been on the field mm -hmm. and with and against Darren Sproles. Oh uh, man, that, yeah, that'll, that'll be a huge test on Monday. Darren night. Sproles. I mean, that's always. He's always wanting to watch. Third down situation. It, it, third down situation. When he has the ball in his hands, when he has the opportunity to get the ball in his hands, he is something special to watch. I played with him down at um, New Orleans as well. He is an unbelievable lower body. is extremely strong. When you see him, you're like, my gosh, this guy is so little, but he is legit. Like he is quick as a hiccup. That's <laughs> what my grandma used to say. You quick as a hiccup. But that's where I think the Chicago is better at their interior backer. If they were to put Trevathan on Sproles, I'm not saying he's going to shut him down every mm -hmm. time because Sproles is a great player. Mm -hmm. But the Bears have a better advantage now yes. than what, say, a year ago they would have been putting Christian Jones on him. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, so Trevathan, <laughs> I think, uh, can do that. I also think Vic Fangio can attack the interior of uh, Philadelphia's offensive line. They've made a lot of moves. They certainly have Lane Johnson. He's, we'll see what happens with that suspension. Peters, the tackles there are very, very good, but it's the interior, the center and both guard spots that really are weak for Philadelphia. I expect uh, Vic Fangio to light that area up with a lot of interior blitzes or games or stunts. For a young quarterback, Carson Wentz, that becomes suffocating. When you start to feel that stuff creeping up on you in the pocket on the interior, and he'll start to bail you, and do some things, and it'll disrupt the timing of, of a West Coast offense that they run. Earlier we saw, I mean, during this game against, uh, against Houston, we saw Porter running around with Hopkins. Yeah. Wherever he went, we saw him. Now, Matthews, seven, Jordan Matthews had seven, seven catches. Seven for 114 against Cleveland. Yeah, 14 Cleveland. targets. And they have good quarterbacks. Do you see the same thing? Yeah. I would we, I mean, so. Yeah, we, I mean, he's, he's a legit player. He's a legit guy now. He can, he can hurt you. So, I would hope. I mean, and then Porter had, Porter had a decent game. He gave up a touchdown on Hopkins and made a heck of a pick early in the game. But I think he had a pretty decent game. Wentz, 22 of 37 for 278, two touchdowns, no interceptions mm -hmm. against Cleveland. On the ground, Ryan Matthews, 22 carries for 77. So he yep. got Matthews on the ground and Matthews to the air. And you can't forget Zach Ertz either, who had really had a breakout season last year. 75 catches for 853 yards. That is a wrap for our very first edition of our Bears Talk podcast. We want to thank... Mark Schanowski and Dave Wanstedt. And I want to thank Alex Brown, Jim Miller, for joining me. Chris Bowden here. Again, we hope you enjoyed this first Bears Talk podcast. we got two of them coming per week. This was our debut edition, and hopefully next week we'll be able to talk a Bears victory. Thanks for joining us, everybody.